You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't, nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello. You're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley. Today, we're on episode 203. Uh, so we're actually, today is tax day. The 15th was on Saturday. So for most of you, the get a refund. Congratulations. I hope you, you probably did your taxes a while ago. Uh, for the rest of you that have to file and pay, if your business is like myself, yeah, tax day is never fun. So those of you that have to pay, usually we pay quarterly. So it's, it's just never fun. We won't even get into that because we don't get into politics on the Toxic Mold podcast. But anyhow, today today's topic is something that I have a lot of questions and clients that ask about this all the time. And so today's topic is, what do we look at when it comes to lab results? It's something I get asked all the time. There's a few Facebook groups that I, I, I'm in. I try to answer some questions, you know, when I'm available, because a lot of the people are, are there to ask questions. As professionals, a lot of us just, we're busy. I know we're all busy, but like I try to help out when I can. And anyhow, it's it's something that gets brought up a lot is is testing and you know what do we as professionals look at? And so, you know, it's to not get off into the different types of mold testing. You know, we've talked about the different types meaning, you know, air sampling. People will say dust sampling when they say that, they mean the the Ermi and Hertz me method of testing. Um, that's a, a Dr. Schumacher recommended way of testing. We've we've covered all those things, so I'm not going to dive deep into those. Um, if you're if you are wondering about um, my opinion on the Ermi and Hertz me testing, 
I did a couple podcasts, uh, two back to back. It was a two part, and I don't recall the number, but it it's it was quite a while ago, like episodes in the fifties. Um, we're at two hundred and three, so it's been a long time ago. Um, but if you do have questions about those, feel free to reach out to me. Um, but my question, getting back to the topic, is is you know we we get asked like so what what do we look at as professionals? Um, you know, is it a pass or fail? Are we only looking for toxic mold? And so I wanted to do this podcast just to explain, you know, what we're looking at. And it, it I compare things a lot to the medical side of things. You know, there's a lot of similarities and there's a lot of differences. So like with medical testing, there are values, thresholds, um, guidelines, whatever you want to call it, as to you know, when you have, let's just say you have your uric acids tested, and if they're over six, then they say those are elevated, and then you have gout issues. You know, when they go for, for diabetes, for your glucose, there's certain numbers. We don't really have that in the mold industry, and so it, it, it brings up the question, like, so what do we look at? And when we get the results back from, from our mold labs, they literally only give us the mold types they give us a spore count and a raw count and if i was to just send you those results and i didn't give you any other information i give you my inspection report and then i just give you these lab results and if i didn't tell you anything you'd be like well what does this mean and it's not i'm not questioning that you don't know what you're looking at it's just that we see it all the time you know what we're really looking at is we want to see so to kind of backtrack a little bit if we do an air sample, we run a baseline, a control sample, whatever you want to call it. We do that, a comparison is what I usually refer to it. We run a comparison sample on the exterior of the property anytime we do an interior sample. If we only run interior samples and I don't run a control sample, it's very difficult for me to come to a conclusion as to what those numbers mean. And so we always run that control sample. So we want to look at the mold types that we're finding on the exterior compared to the interior. Now you, you will hear people say, and when I say people, they could be professionals. They could just be normal folks that are not specialists. They'll say that your, your mold counts on the inside should be the same or lower than what the outside is saying. And I have a different perspective on that. A lot of it depends on the conditions. You know, was it windy when we ran the control sample? You know, was it calm? Did it just rain? Uh, was it raining? Was it snowing? There's a lot of variables that we really look at. So I don't typically just flat out say the interior numbers have to be lower than the exterior and I also take in consideration that, in my opinion, an interior sample is more likely to be higher because it's inside and it's controlled. So, you know, I know I know specialists and microbiologists could argue either way for that. We don't have any guidelines that tell us what these numbers have to be. Now, are there entities out there that, that give recommendations? There are, but there's not much. The EPA hasn't doesn't do it. So it's a, it's somewhat difficult is my point. And that's why it brings up a question that I get asked all the time. Like, why do you always require an inspection when you're doing testing? And that kind of goes back to the whole medical part that I was saying earlier with blood work. 
for the most part, you can't just call your doctor and say, hey, doctor, whoever, I want to just do some blood work. You know, I, I haven't felt well. I just want to do some blood work. Can you put an order in? And I, I, and for those of you listening, I understand there's health fairs and there's, there's ways you can just go do full panel. But for the most part, you know, I guess blood work isn't the best example, but let's just say blood work and x-rays. Your doctor's not just going to say, yeah, yeah, no problem. You know, we'll, 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 we'll call in an x-ray. You go down to the clinic, imaging center, hospital, wherever you're going to do that. And they're going to do an x-ray of your, your abdomen or your ultrasound and we're going to do blood work. It, they won't, we don't operate that way, especially in America with our medical system. And it's not because we have to just get everybody involved. There's reasoning behind it. And it's because they want to assess you as a physician. They want to look at you and they want to say, hey, you know, is this guy pal or gal? Like, you know, do they seem coherent? Are they mentally stable? Do they look physically stable? They have to do a visual assessment before they're going to order all that stuff. And that makes sense. And it should make sense. Now, like I said, blood work, we can say, yeah, you know, you can find places that'll do that. And I, 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 I get what you're saying. I hope you understand my point. My point is, is I cannot just receive a report from a lab. If you send it to me and say, Hey, Steve, can you look over these, these results? If you just send me those results, I can look at it and I can give you my opinion. But on the other hand, I'm going to ask you a lot of questions just like a doctor would. And so that's why, for the most part, you have to have a full inspection when you do air testing or any type of testing. We can get off in the weeds on, do I have to do an inspection to do a tape lift to determine if, in fact, that's mold? Not necessarily, but... For the most part, we're not going to do testing. I know for me, I do not offer just testing services without inspections. If that's the road you want to go down, there might be other specialists out there to do that. But the reason why I don't is because we have to see what's going on. The air tests or any lab results to me, we can see certain things and we can look at it for sure and say, hey, there's toxic mold. That's obviously a bad thing. But on the other hand, if we don't do a visual inspection and we don't, understand why an air test was taken from a certain room or a tape lift versus not being there, it's very difficult for me to come to a conclusion with your lab results and say, here's my concerns. When I was there on an inspection, I found what I thought was mold in the attic. So I did a tape lift in this area and I'll obviously have pictures of it. We found some water stains in a, a corner bedroom that's on an exterior wall. On the exterior, we saw some grating issues where water was standing. This air test has really, really high, um, let's just say penicillium or aspergillus clodosporium numbers. You know, we, we can look at those and we can say, hey, the reason we're seeing these higher numbers in this bedroom versus a bedroom that didn't have any concerns is because of the water damage we're seeing. So my point is, is that's why an inspection is so important. If we don't do an inspection and you only send me the lab results, I can give you an opinion, but I'm going to have to ask a lot of questions and there's going to be a lot more that I probably have to see. And that's why it ends up turning into being, we have to come visibly look at things or we have to do a VPA. So that's why, in my opinion, you should always have an inspection when it comes to any testing. And, you know, it kind of brings me back to the Ermi and Hertz me testing. That's where I'm just not a big fan of that because 
I'm not questioning the validity of the test results. It just doesn't give us a big enough picture of the entire situation for us to come to conclusions. Can it validate things? Obviously it can. But at the end of the day, we really want to see visibly what's really going on. That's why it's important. So back to another question that I said that that we hear all the time. Is it a pass or is it a fail? Just like a home inspection or a mold inspection, in my opinion, these are not code inspections. So when I say this, this is why I'm saying this. There's no pass or fail. We report what we find. Whether it's a pass or fail is more up to you. A code inspection, that is a pass or fail. You have to have XYZ to pass your inspection. There's no such thing when it comes to mold, in my opinion. We do not have, that I'm aware of, any entities that say if there are these mold types present at these amounts, it's a fail. The only way that it's clearly a fail, in my opinion, is if we have stachybotrys, which is the toxic mold. That's the only way we can just definitively say, yeah, that's that's a fail. Otherwise, we have to only assess what the lab's telling us versus your medical testing. And then on top of that, the visual inspection. So we can look at the lab results versus our visual inspection and say, here's why we believe we're seeing what we're seeing. So to answer the question, for the most part, no, there is no such thing as a pass or fail to air testing. Now, when I say that, I'm talking about the types of testing we do. The Ermain hurts me. They have they have a number system that they give you a, a number and then whether it's acceptable or not, it's based on your health conditions, kind of complex. But even with them, there's they don't definitively say it's a pass or fail. They just give you a, a number and then they say if it's acceptable or not acceptable. So that's why we don't do that. We don't we don't have any standards that state what's acceptable. We have there's no pass or fail per se uh, when, when we do air testing or any mold testing. Now, can we do a tape lift and say, yeah, that's mold? Yeah, that's telling us if it is in fact mold. Like a tape lift, you know, if I was to, if we were doing an inspection and you saw some discoloration on a baseboard in a bedroom and you're like, hey, Steve, I think that's mold. I want to know for sure is it mold. I would do a tape lift, send that to the lab. They would definitively say, yes, that is mold, and they would tell us what type of mold. But once again, that doesn't mean it's a, a pass or fail. Like, well, it's not stachybotrys, so you're good to go. So that's what I mean by that. That's why we don't have a pass or fail for the most part when, we, when we're when we doing air testing. So I know I kind of went over that somewhat quickly, but you know, hopefully I explained to all of you what we're looking at when we get our lab results for mold because it is it's complex but on the other hand you know there's other things we have to look at like the inspection itself you you have to have a property inspection so that we can say hey yeah we're seeing these numbers because of this this and this so at the end of the day to me it seems fairly simple you got to have an inspection when you do testing and hopefully i explain myself why so what What's our call to action? You must, whether you believe you have mold concerns or not, you must have your home inspected. Whether it's a indoor air quality specialist, a mold specialist, a mold inspector, home inspector, you should have your home professionally inspected every other year. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased. I would prefer that you have 
an indoor air quality specialist, and you do air testing. But you should have your home inspected every other year or sooner if you have moisture intrusion events, some flooding, anything like that. Make sure you have it inspected. Today I'm going to promote. Most of you all know that I have written five books. I'm always working on another one. My next one's going to be um, actually for uh, professional home inspectors. That's I've done that for a, a long time. So that has nothing to do with mold. But anyhow, you can go to Amazon and you just type in Steve Worsley. That's W-O-R-S-L-E-Y. I will also put a link in the description of this podcast. But I have a tiny URL that's uh, forward slash Steve Worsley books. But the easiest way is to go to Amazon. Just type in Steve Worsley. It'll pull up my five books. If you have any problems, you can always send me an email. You can reach out to us at info at cnccontractorservices.com. Thanks for listening. This was episode 203. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the mold investigation checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free mold investigation checklist today. You can also on cnccontractorservices.com find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.